Okay, now we're going. So back to that. Okay. So we were talking about what's the limiting factor in the business for this particular farm, the Walnut Hill farm. And I said land, space, size. So we have 12 acres only. So to me, and then you had indicated that, that it's also time because, the yes, it's a cost. Um, what's that called? It's a variable rate model. So <laughs> the, the more you, more production you put out, the more time is required. But I also think scalability has to, depending on your goals for your pr- production, has to be there too. Yes. Because like we want to rotationally graze the cattle, right, yep. and sustain that. So that means I can, can only be, have so much space because it's a forage. if you can't forage. be profitable on one cow, are you be profitable on 20 cows? If I had more space, potentially, right? Potentially. Because it, the, the life cycle of the cow is the defining factor, I think, which is the time-based unit, right? So two, two years of a cow. That's all let's say it takes two years to grow a cow to, to market, a steer, we'll just call it. Mm-hmm. That takes two years. So... You have to have a cow ready every year, so you have to be able to sustain twice as many cows. Then, if, yes. you, if you want one per, if you want one to sell a year, you have to have two because you have to be able to sell one every year. It takes two years to make. Yes, so you need to spend the time. You need to also learn all the other stuff that's long. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that we don't factor into it. We just think of uh, you know you, you just plug it in an equation and it'll come out and there's money. But there's also right. all the other factors too. Have to trying to trying to figure that out. So there are limiting factors. Which where is it on this farm? But you also have goals. So what goals do you have for your farm? Yeah, that's the thing. So every farm has to have their goals and what they're set out to do. And that's the, that's the other thing too is you have to know what your capacity is. Back to your you know your time. So you have to have. No, capacity is for your time and your production based on the space you have. That's what I think I was trying to say. Okay. Like, the the capacity that we have for production here is already limited because yes. I believe yes, of space yeah. and time. Yes. So, um, space time continue. But um, <laughs> so like the only the easiest way to increase my productivity right now based on the current space and time I have which I'm doing tomorrow, would be birds, right? Meat yep. birds. So exactly. it's a good way to do that. And so now what we've Value done... Added. Yep. And so now what we've been able to do, so we had, it did so well last year, is now instead of just doing one set, we're going to do three sets. But guess what? That's you awesome. really have to plan that time. And now I'm going to have, you know, 12... The birds live for 12 weeks because I got... Again, back to my goals, I want free-range type birds, not these, the Cornish crosses that are, you know sitting on the ground for the last two weeks of their life and can't move type of thing. So you've got that. So I have to grow them out for an additional three to two weeks. So that's the goal of yours is to have like a ethical, you want to raise your animals ethically, you know, um, more, more diverse group of animals than two. So you're not Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, just beef. You're, you're looking at multiple different tons. Yeah, for sure. Um, some other stuff that you're trying to do on this farm too well so the this other thing the goal what's your long-term thing so like the house at the end of the driveway we want to turn that into some type of farmer market situation right so if if like a self-serve it's like your first step probably or maybe not maybe the first step is like that's where people just pick up and they schedule time to do that not self-serve but you they schedule time to either meet somebody there or have something out for them to take like right now 
what we do with the eggs is you text me or something and you're going to be there at four o'clock. Okay, there's two dozen sitting on the porch for you. Then yeah. mowing. A, yeah. a farm stand. A farm stand. Yes, that would be an active farm stand down at the end of the road there. So, but that would mean also then what we could do is a big space. So what you could do then is back to goals, we can develop some type of community atmosphere too, where the farm that's two miles down the road that doesn't have the ability to do a farm stand can bring product product here that we can sell for them here too. It's wholesaling, kind of. Too, yep. No, which would be great. Absolutely. But absolutely. then again, now we're back to time. How do you build relationships, right, and sustain them? Because I think one of the biggest things about farming right now too, I know we're like jumping into this, um, it's bouncing off of an outline, is like, that social aspect of it, if you're not putting in the time, most other farmers don't think you are serious. Yeah. That's what, that's that. my experience. Yeah. Like I, even when yeah. I went down to like the co-op or the, you know, the guy who owns land across the street, he, I, I feel like they think I'm just blowing smoke. Well, they come at, they might look at you as just a hobby farmer. Exactly. A business. Right. So how do you market yourself as a business, not just a hobby? They look at it like if you're not ready to give everything up to do it, what are you doing? Yeah. You might as well not even try. Yeah. Like, just, sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and, and I think that's one of the other things about farming to begin with is like that it's way more planning than anything. There's way more planning than doing. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> So back to the time piece, like you said, I think that is, I think they're integral. Like if you can't spend time and you don't have space, then what, what are you doing? Nice thing is you got to maximize your efficiency. So how Correct, do you do yeah. that? By having plans and having schedules and trying to adhere to it as best as you can. But right. just like any good plan, you know, after first contact, just, but you got, you got to be. That's seven, why I hate plans. Yeah. But I hate you, it. Just, gives you an outline to go off for sure and again it, i think it helps you assess your goals back to like what yeah. you were talking about like if it's a dependent upon your goals you can derive a plan from that whether that plan is the you know staying the course and is with you from a to b that's one thing but at least you have a goal so you can develop a new plan if things change right mm-hmm. which i think is super important but i don't know that's the other thing too that you're back to your education and like what kind of options you have and what to do and stuff. You want to find the right people to give you that advice or knowledge, but they don't want to necessarily give their time to give that to you because they worked hard to get it, right? And so, you know, you have some people that are willing to give you information, but it's probably not what you want. But it's it's time that they're having (laughs) to give up. And it's it's hard to, you know, for everyone just to just sit down and talk about everything. So that's why we're kind of doing this podcast too is you're – being able to listen to this, digest it while you're doing something else. So you can kind of multitask and, right. and do that. And hopefully glean something from it. Absolutely. Potentially. So why do people have off-farm jobs? Or are we saying what... Because, I mean, well, the, the reason for that's I think, obvious. Yes. So financial. Like, right. It's hard to make a living farming, period. And then if you're only doing it part-time... Okay, it's not enough money to motivate you to leave your job, right. or maybe you just make too much money, and it's it financially doesn't make sense to leave your job to, you know, seek out farming. So that's why a lot of people wait till they're later in life when they're retired or you know something like that, and they can 
transition their lifestyle a little bit differently or yeah. their house is paid off so it's less bills that they have mm. so they can afford to farm which is kind of then it's more of a hobby then too it's something you're doing but you're really not making a whole lot of money or you're you're not calculating your time into that equation right. but it's not the other way around like when you're really young like not that we're really young but like right now you just don't have to like you don't have to have that farm job, and then when you get older, you can't do the work as much. So then you have to do that. Well, it's job. like that time, capital, and knowledge. You know, it's like you, might, you, exactly might, have, you might have a lot of <laughs> capital when you're young, right. but you don't have the knowledge, and you have a lot of time. But you know, but as soon as you start getting the knowledge, then your time kind of is crunched, and, then and like that's a good way to put it because you're right. So like the time, the time and capital are in excess when you're older. Or the no. Yeah, so like the, the all that stuff is in excess when you get older. Mm-hmm. None of it's now, except that maybe the physical capabilities are on the. Yeah, now. so that's another equation yeah. too. Is okay, do the tougher jobs now so that you're paying dividends down the road. Right, when you can't be, or when you hire someone, or when you could afford someone to do the job. That too. Yeah, because when you get older, you maybe can. Can so do the, that. The theme for that is do what you can now. So financially mm. or time and all other stuff. Just if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. So right. And that's like a lot of things too. Is no better, do better. So if you have, if you know that's your yeah, scratch that. That's. I was gonna say. I mean, that's good cloak. I mean, you got some really good one layers coming off. Trying. Kind of like it. That, so. Because, like, okay, so one of the other things, too, like, your production, right? So, like, we're talking about diversifying the production. So, like, so what's the goal? I mean, I keep coming so back incre- to these goals. increasing your, your diversity. What's the common goal in, in, off, in farming yeah. that makes you need to have an off-farm job? Or do you think it's purely a financial calculation because farming on almost any scale these days is not a good way to make money i think it comes down to planning too like you're farming so seasonal so you're gonna have your right your stuff so that might have things that contradict with your lifestyle like your job's nine to five or whatever that's Mm -hmm. that's constant well you know Planting, you need to get the, the crops in the ground or moving the cattle, cattle get out, stuff changes on a farm. So you don't have that reliability of, oh, it's a nine to five job. So that might, you know, okay, that may, may you know, your days longer or impact your family time because you're having to devote more time elsewhere after you got done working. So I think that's a common problem with a lot of people's when they're done working their job and they come home or and do their farming, but it's seasonal. So parts of the year, it's going to be really, really, you know, like you have no family time because you're spending all the family or with all on the farm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you have more time because everything's going smoothly or, right. you know, the chickens are in the freezer, your beef are in the it freezer. Does, so, yeah. you, you know, you have time to December relax so it's just it's you have to put those long hours in when you have to put those long hours in and I think as long as everyone's aware of that too it's it lessens the I guess stress that can build up too 
Yeah. With not being able to spend time with how you want. Yeah. Or you used to. I think that's a big right. lifestyle. It's a lifestyle change. For sure. I think, too, with, the, like, you're talking about, like, spending time and that stuff, too. I think it is difficult, especially in, like, I think up in the upper Midwest, too, because we have so little time frames <laughs> to do stuff. Yeah. You know? Like, I, don't, I guess I don't know much about stuff. I don't know much about farming, period. So let's just get that out of the way. But I definitely don't know anything about, like, farming in the southern states. Or even western. You know, like, what is that yeah. like? And it's, what do they have to contend with? Their seasons are probably a little bit different, but maybe they have a more consistent, you know, like, way of, you know... Larger bu- gaps, you mean? Like, 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 like budging their time. Like, gotcha. like, in the Midwest, like, it's, you know, sun's out, we're, we're working, you know, but, you know... As the, the days get longer, too, like, we're working longer hours to make up for those days. But in the wintertime, it's much shorter, so it's like we're not working those, you know, long days. Yeah, you're, I mean, the summertime is down at four. But where it's, you know, warmer out and the daylight's more regular, you know, they're just putting those extra hours in each day the whole year versus, you know. So... But I don't know, this is where we can have people give us their feedback. How do they manage their their time and yeah. warmer climates when but they also have drought to worry about mm. too, where we don't have that It's bad anyway. Right? Factor here. Yeah. So if we were talking about kinda like time as a resource, space as a resource, and obviously your production is based on that stuff too, do you think that so we talked a little bit about financial. That's why people have the off-job off job farm. Do you think most of these, like, smaller... I mean, I think, feel like we should just focus on smaller farms as a as a topic. Just yeah. because I feel like... First of all, I'm very passionate about that. I think, like, hyper-local market is, like, the way to go. Yeah. Personally. And I feel oh. like people are age, too, or lifestyle, like, we're getting yeah. into it. Is... Getting into it much more. Yeah. I mean, and... Especially with COVID. I feel like that's yeah. been a huge contributor to that. Everybody wants their own chickens and all kinds of crap. Like, you can't even find birds, barely. Like, so people are trying to, I think, integrate farming into their daily lives and provide for their families without having to rely on, you know, the whole industrial farming system as much. And from a conventional perspective. So they're doing it more for self-sustaining than yeah sustainability i mean it 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 contributes to financial though because if you can sustain it yeah well if you can save the money then you're not going to buy it or at least like the the cost incurred is much less i mean even my meat birds i think i'm paying a dollar something a bird and it's gonna take me 12 weeks to have i mean i obviously have to butcher them and i have to feed them and i have to give them time Mm -hmm. for 12 weeks but if that's giving up a Netflix show a night, yeah, I mean you have time like that's that's the thing. Yeah, you can definitely. But if you're selling it, then you have to calculate that time then to that. Yeah. To that. that well, yeah. So like, what's the wholesale cost of the bird, right? So like, I think we come up with like something like four fifty a pound just to make our money back, or something like that, or four bucks a pound to um, make yeah. just to cover our expenses of the feed. Because of course we're doing the certified organic feed, mm-hmm. and we depreciated some of the materials that we use like the chicken tractors that i built into that cost nope and so 
or in time. But, but so, for yourself, the time's not as big of a factor. Big, not as valuable, But yeah. when, you, when you come into the business side of things, right. that is a big factor. So it's kind of calculating that into your, you know, it's a hobby or is it a business? Because I don't, I don't, I think that's where some people are like, oh, I can just do it for fun. Like, yeah, that's, that's fine. But then you're not paying yourself what you are due and you're just kind of, you know, it's, it's floating. It's just paying the bill or, you know bare minimum bills. And I think that's, that's one of the and hardest... If you, and if you enjoy doing that, if that's like a lifestyle, sure. it's, it's no different than buying a, you know, a mountain bike or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's, that's really never going to pay good, itself off for doing it, but that's your hobby, so you can invest in that. Same but thing. the return on investment on a mountain bike would be, you know, better health, right? You know, mental and physical, I would say, that kind of stuff. And the same with like farming could be looked at in that way too. Obviously health, your food is going to be we could argue it's cleaner, it's less processed, so you have a better knowledge of where it's coming from. So there's physical and mental right there. Um, and But the one thing with that is that people need to diversify their products, right? Or at least we believe they have to. So everybody is doing this hobby farm thing and they want to have all the products. Mm-hmm. Like I want to have chickens and I've got cows and i got pigs. And I was like even talking about getting some sheep. And I've had goats and so it's like, once you start to diversify all of that, then you become your own little, like, sustainability thing. But if we're talking about coming together as, like, a hyper-local community, community. farmer's market, I can I only have to do one thing. Exactly. And my neighbor can do the other thing. And, and then the neighbor down the road can do the other thing. Exactly. And then we can increase the efficiency based on the space. Because instead of having, let's say I only have the 12 acres, the cows maybe aren't a good fit. Instead, maybe I've got tons of chickens. And then the neighbor who's got 100 acres on the road or 50 or whatever is doing the beef, yep. right? And then the, the neighbor down the road is doing pigs. And so we can come together and we can sell to each other while feeding our own families and also selling to the community surrounding us, yeah. right? More so of like, a cooperative yeah. of that. But that's the hard part when you have to have farm off-farm jobs and stuff. I think people really get into this like it's a hobby, so they want it to be fun, Yep. <laughs> instead of purpose driven, which is fine. Which, again, that's people fine. can do whatever yeah. they want, right? Obviously, but like, I think that's the hard part about some of this stuff is like, just down the road, I've got somebody they bought eggs from us and they went and they have their own chickens, and they wanted to, you know, their birds aren't laying yet, so they bought eggs from us, and it's like, that's great. I'm glad that you're doing that on your own. Yeah, you know, um, but it would, it you know. <laughs> If they want to be a farmer and stuff on their one acre land piece of land that they have, you know they aren't going to have the opportunity to do pigs and yeah cows and whatever. Even even if they grew a nice sized garden, like I see all these like you know acre garden market garden books and stuff like that, and it's like, I mean, you can do it. You can do it. It's, it's very intense. It's you have to, it's, it's that's the thing is to maximize it, your production, you have to increase your your intensity levels of things there's never a bare spot you have to have it filled with something you have to have that plan yeah so it's it's one of those things is to to maximize your yield you got to maximize your efficiency and how you do that but if you have more people working on the stuff you you can increase that kind of footprint of things where you don't have to you know have to push to maximize your production as much because you have other people Doing their their own stuff too, and it still yeah, ma- goals, well, it still maximize goals. your production, but yes. not maximize your diversity or variety, yeah. right? And so, yeah, I think that's super interesting, and I would love to do more of that kind of stuff. I would love examples too 
of people who are currently doing that because like that would be I believe it's Borner Farms an example of that kind of kind of yeah they're kind of well I mean that's where we stole the idea from so I would assume Joel Salzman Borner Farm no Borner Farm in Prescott oh that okay yeah what's then, Joel Salzman book that's something similar to that is anyways yeah, I know so much yeah I could Google it, but... So, but yeah, but that's the kind of thing is, like, where your goals are going to define your level, right? And this is, like, if you're a smaller farm, like we are, you have all those things to contend with. Like, huge farms aren't going to let you really break into it easily, or, like, people aren't going to, from what I've seen. So, like, you're working 9 to 5. You can't spend time to go down to the co-op and, you know get FaceTime with a bunch of other farmers who are coming in. Yeah. You know? Um, so you're missing out on, like, expanding your knowledge. You're you're missing out on all that kind of stuff. But if you're a huge farm, like, what's the farm of 35 or a timber? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're huge. They've got to be huge. Oh, you're that big. Really? It's a dairy, but it's not that big. Like, oh, there's bigger dairies. Well, okay, again, that's the thing. Is, like, scale has scale, always yeah. been a... That's one of the things I read about or listen to on podcasts. Like, what what makes a small farm? I mean, I think that's where... Yeah, cause it, is it acreage? Because you could have the same production off of 20 acres, you know, as 100 yeah. acres. Like, if, let's say you have 100 acres and you're producing the same amount as someone producing off of 20 acres. Okay, which one's a bigger farm? Mm-hmm. Like, when it comes to production or, you know, value? And what if like, I... And let's yeah. say the money-wise, like, okay, can you raise things off of three acres and be more profitable than someone that has, you know, a thousand acres and they're just doing corn and beans? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, oh, you're a small time, you're, you're a hobby farmer, you're a small farmer where it's like, okay, but you, you look at the books and the books are, you know, showing different. Yeah. So, yeah, it is, it is, what do you consider small? I think it comes down to, like, employees, like, okay. Ooh, I Maybe like that. if you're hiring people, then you're you're, you're big, bigger. You're bigger. bigger. Yeah. If you hire forty people, that's that's a lot bigger than if you hire four people. I feel like that's a lot. Even. That's I mean that's a lot bigger than just a hobby farm because a hobby farm you're not hiring people. That's, yeah, or like seeking consultants or yeah something like that. I feel like I don't know. I think it comes down to employees. Like if you have less than two just it comes down to just that you think i I think so like size isn't everything so i mean but can't you run a a 300 i mean how many had a dairy cows are they running at that farm on 35 maybe 80 90 okay how many people do you think that takes i mean two people two people yeah if you want to have some more yeah that's a, like so that's a, so that's not a small farm because they're hiring somebody, but it's not like a no, forty like people you, farm. I mean, you and your uh, you know another. Oh person yeah, me and my, your your and your partner could partner do, it. do it. Yeah. So that's not hiring anybody. Exactly. <laughs> so you're back down. You're just a small <laughs> farm, just, just milking small farm. 80, 90 cows <laughs> every day. By the way, yeah, that's it's Wisconsin. Yeah. It's, that's really interesting. I mean, because I would have said. I mean, I think that's really good. I th- I hadn't that was that was on my radar, but I hadn't contributed that to being like the size of the farm because I'm so literal. I think of size of a farm as literally how big it is and how much 
like time and energy goes into it. So like, it's gotta be, even if it's one person and you're working full time at it, like it's a big farm to me. Yeah. I think. But if you're not, pro- like, I think it comes down to profitability. Like that people too. think always oh, production, like corn and beans bottle, like, Oh, I produced this many bushels of corn this year. Like, yeah. Congratulations. What was your profitability at the end of it? Because if you're doing all the inputs and your time mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and you're sketching it out. Zero, probably. And if you don't have it, or, you know, it's a good year, maybe better. But if it's, on average, not very profitable, or your margins are, are a lot. You, you don't control your margins, but if you right. if you can control your margins a little better by yourself and... But then we get into the whole the conventional farming model of controlling your margins, controlling your... I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, never mind, that was silly, because everyone's controlling their margins as much as possible, whether you're doing it conventionally or not. Yeah. But I think when you own more of the production, so you raise your cow from here and you sell it right down the end of the road, Yeah. you own the whole production pretty much, other than the butchering, unless you have Unless you're doing that, which unless you're doing that, but then you can't sell it legally. Legally, yeah. So, unless you're, unless you have a USDA inspection, so like yes. property. Which then I'd consider you being a large time, large farm. <laughs> I was thinking about that too. Like from a dairy perspective, what would it take to get USDA certified? Like production, like yeah. to actually yeah. sign off on it. Yeah, that'd be be. A, but if that's your goal, like well, yeah. But let's we, just say, let's just say it costs eighty thousand dollars to have in one shot or every year. No, one shot. One okay, shot. That's not okay. But how many gallons of milk, yogurt, sour cream, cheese, cheese are you gonna have to produce to pay that off if you're only milking eighty grand? Three, three cows. Okay, well we'd go more than three, but yeah, I know. What but you're your, your land, if that, your land's your limiting factor, do you think of that? You can't raise 120 cows on 12 acres. That's a good point. But, so I think, I mean, I think we're arriving at, like, why you have an off-farm job is, I think, I personally think it's purely a financial decision that people make. Yeah. Because most of those people, and this could could be different from what I've read in in the past couple years because of COVID, but most of those people were in farming their whole life, and then... The farm's not able to sustain them, so they have to work. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that for everyone. I, I know. I said most. Oh, mo- most. I think yeah, they either they had the farm inherited. Or those or are the like sob that. stories I hear on like the emails I yeah. get about such and such farmer. Yeah. Down in Iowa or Missouri or wherever, and the, you know it's and so maybe that's not true. Again, that's like a media situation probably where I'm like, I don't know anybody. That's like. I don't have to do anything other than this because I make so much money doing it and that's it. I mean, I don't even know if that timber guy off the F-35 doesn't have to do anything else. I bet he, I bet he has to work. I bet he has to work. Yep. See? So you're still running an 80, 90, 10. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And I bet he, farm, but I bet you 20 years ago he didn't have to work. Probably not. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So like or someone, mom, someone in that you know on the farm didn't have to. Sure, so his dad or uncle or something like that. Yeah, and I, you know, don't want to be gender specific, but their dad or uncle. I think we gotta go. Okay, kids. Oh gosh! All right. I think this was good.